Hello, everyone. I am so excited. We have such a great diversity of, uh, of guests on the show today. And today we're talking to Arlene Kogan. She is a philanthropic leadership consultant at Arlene Kogan LLC. If you've ever thought about trying to be more effective as a philanthropist, you do not want to miss this episode. Welcome to the Your Mark on the World show with your champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. This episode is made possible via the support of our sponsors, including Johnson & Johnson's Caring Crowd. Arlene, welcome to the show. Devin, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for having me. No, no the honor is all ours. Thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Tell us a little bit about your practice. What, who are your clients and, and how do you help them? Ah. Uh, that's a great question. So because of my background of 20 years in the trust and investment world and nine years in nonprofit development, my clientele is really the combination of advisors and nonprofits and bridging the gap of the communication conversation so more people can make bigger and better gifts to make a difference in the world, the community, and the causes they care about. Oh, that's fantastic. So along the way, you've uh, developed uh, this expertise in helping people to be better philanthropists. And you had some tips that you outlined uh, for us. And so your first tip was to work with an advisor. Tell us, tell us why it's important to work with an advisor. Ah, uh, well, no one knows everything. I myself am a certified financial planner. So I have a good sense of what's going on. But when you work with an advisor, actually you should have a number of advisors, you can address the different areas in your life that need attention. And for me, for planning, I always like to look at a comprehensive financial plan, which includes three areas your personal life, your financial life, and creating a legacy. And not all advisors can give you advice in all three areas. So it's very important that you find someone you know, like, and trust who can help you manage those areas of planning so you have a comprehensive plan that you feel good about and reaches all your goals and objectives. You can't do it on your own. You need advice from the experts. Now, what sorts of advisors are effective in helping with making these philanthropic decisions? Is this your, your CPA, your stockbroker, your financial planner? Who, who are the sorts of people that can help? So you have a number of them. So you need a, a probably a good attorney, a state planning attorney who can help you create a plan for during your life and through your state plan. You need the financial or money manager who's going to help you manage and invest those assets that you have. You also need that CPA, you know, he's really going to help you with the tax savings. But I think one advisor that we all kind of leave to the side and forget about is a philanthropic advisor who's really going to help you figure out the legacy you leave, how you're going to be remembered, what are those causes near and dear to your heart. So I always think 
having a philanthropic advisor on your team at the table really helps you create that comprehensive plan. Excellent. Now, as you think about uh, your second tip, it is to endow a gift. Uh, tell us why endowing a gift is an important item. Well, I look at our millennials and Gen Xers, and a lot of them are very frustrated about how we, as baby boomers, have left this world. Now, not to say we didn't improve on what we had because it was pretty bad, but there's still a lot to go forward. And just now, as we are hitting retirement and starting to pass away, are we thinking about what's our legacy? What's the intention of our life? Did we raise physically responsible and sound children? So I really look at um, making sure you endow a gift as giving hope to the millennials and Gen Xers, because so many of them really are remaining single longer. You know, they're all on their phones. There's not as much com community as a cell phone versus your face-to-face. -face. So if anything happens to those people, automatically the state decides where their assets are going to go. And so what I say is, hey, you're an individual. What if you were intentional about creating something in your estate plan, leaving a legacy you never imagined? What would that make charitable giving look like? Could we raise charitable giving from 2.2% of GDP to 3% of GDP? Wouldn't that be remarkable? Another $150 billion going to the environment and education and social justice. And this is the easy way to do it. I mean, I'm not even suggesting that people have to, you know, go see an attorney because that costs money, right? All they need to do to leave in a, a gift they never imagined is to put a beneficiary designation on their IRA or retirement account. You could do a payable on death from a stock account, from CDs, on bonds. You can make a gift without having to pay anyone to do it. And what I love to tell people to do is if you're making a $100 gift every year to one of the many great causes out there, if you multiply that by 20, so $100 times 20 is $2,000, and you put a beneficiary designation to your charity for an endowment for that charity, that $2,000 when invested properly will give that organization $100 every year long after you're gone. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that is a great insight, very powerful insight. Uh, so uh, I really, I, I see, see the power of that point. Thank you very much for sharing that, Arlene. Your third tip is to lead by example. Tell us about your thinking there. You know, this was one of those fabulous lessons that my parents taught me. And, you know, my father got a high school education and ended up going into business with his brother. And he was always the one showing up, you know, whether it be delivering food to needy people or helping out in the community. He led by example, first with his actions and then with his dollars. And I think if we all lead by example, we set our children up 
to help the world as well. So that's a really key one when it comes to philanthropy, whether it be your time or your money. Please, you know, lead by example. My dad had that one right. <laughs> How has your father's example influenced you? Uh, my parent, both my parents' example have influenced me tremendously and really put me on a course for learning and has helped me make sure that I have developed a life uh, which is worthwhile, which I've worked hard to change. And I've done things like write my book, Give to Live, make a charitable gift you never imagined. And just, you know, I have my parents to thank for that. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great, Arlene. Arlene, you've had a remarkable career. As you reflect back on it, what are you most proud of having accomplished? I have never been asked that question before, but I have to say my biggest accomplishment today is writing my book, Give to Live, Make a Charitable Gift You Never Imagine. And let me share a little backstory on that, Devin. Please. I started out as a photography major because you submitted a portfolio of pictures and there was no essay required to apply to school. <laughs> and all I can say is I've come a long way, but it was a huge accomplishment. And I had over my computer, Eleanor Roosevelt's quote on, you must do the thing you think you cannot do. So it is a huge accomplishment and it's getting amazing an amazing response in the community, more than I ever imagined. Oh, that's great. That is terrific. Well, congratulations on that. Now, as you reflect over the years that you've been doing this, helping people manage money, helping people manage their philanthropy, helping nonprofits raise money, doing all of this great work, what is the most important lesson you've learned? Always be learning. Always be learning. When you learn, you can change and you always have that knowledge to build on. Um, so it's something I encourage my kids to do and everyone else to do is to learn something. I don't care what it is, but as long as you're learning, you're exercising your brain and that's a good thing. How do you apply that in your own life today? You've, you know, you're not a novice anymore. How do you continue learning? <laughs> Well, it's really easy with today's technology. I mean, we have audiobooks and then we have the whole podcast system and I get to listen to great podcasts like yours and so many others. So it's an easy way to be in the car, to be at the gym, to be walking my dog, to be at the grocery market. And I'm constantly putting new ideas and learning into my, my brain. Arlene, as you think about... Um the career switch you made, especially, you know, it, it seems to me there was a big switch you made from financial planning to working in the nonprofit space. How did you make that transition and why? That's a wonderful question. Um, so I was a number nerd in the financial planning world and we were living on the East Coast. 
And lo and behold, we had two daughters and then decided to move to the West Coast to Oregon to be closer to family. And while I was on the East Coast, I worked on Wall Street and had the pleasure, now I can't say pleasure, um, experienced sexual harassment, the glass ceiling, wage discrimination, the whole bit. And when we moved to Oregon, I actually stayed home for a few years because I couldn't imagine going back into that toxic world. And then one day my husband calls, he's an attorney, with a perfectly reasonable statement, Devin. It's like, honey, I'm going to be home late for work. And I'm like, ooh, what is it, honey, big case? And he's like, the partners have asked me out for drinks. And I am so proud because that's a really good sign, right? And lo and behold, I hang up the phone and I start trembling. And I realized that staying home with, I was jealous. Like I wanted to be out there and working. And while I love my daughters, I felt that I would be a better example to them, showing them that they could find a job they loved and get paid well, and they could have it all. Maybe not all at the same time, but they could have it all. But I also realized I did not want to go into that high intense world of banking and investments. So I saw a career coach. And after this huge process of analyzing everything about every job and what I valued, everything came up philanthropy and benevolence. And I looked her square in the eye and I was like, charity? You're kidding. How do you make money at that? So I basically popped right back into the trust and investment world, working for two regional trust companies in Oregon while I figured out if I am going to do this philanthropy charitable thing, what does that look like? And it took me five years. And finally, I found a position with the Oregon Community Foundation, which hit the buttons that of everything I had figured out in with the career coach. It was a larger organization. I had the flexibility and development to come and go with kids. I knew the market. My target market was advisors, and I, that's who I had always worked with in the banking world. So it was that career coach and being patient and doing lots of informational interviews that allowed me to make that switch from the corporate America to the nonprofit world. And it was awesome. Dream job. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Arlene, uh, what is your superpower? That is such a good one. And I think my superpower is hard work. I do the hard work and I check the boxes along the way. When I started writing my book, I had three other friends writing books. It might have taken me, it kept conceptually, it took me six years. When I really started writing, it took me about two. But I'm willing to put in the time it takes to do everything I need to do to get to the next step. Might not be a sexy superpower, but it works. <laughs> it's a great superpower. Well, Arlene, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. I wish you every success in the great work that you're doing. But before you go, would you take just a moment and tell people how they can learn more about your work and how they can connect with you personally? Yes. So my website is ArleneCogan.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Arlene Kogan. 
and LinkedIn, Arlene Kogan. I know it's all Arlene Kogan all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. It makes you easy to find, Arlene. Thank you very much. And again, we wish you every success in the great work that you're doing. And thanks for the great work you do. All righty. Let's do some good. At Caring Crowd, we believe everyone has the power to make a difference. Through our crowdfunding platform for community health, we empower passionate people to drive real change. Whether you work for a nonprofit organization, volunteer, or want to get involved for the first time, you can post a campaign on Caring Crowd. Join us because caring is where change begins. Thank you for listening. Devonthorpe's mission is to end extreme poverty, improve global health, and mitigate climate change before 2045 by finding and sharing the stories of those who are doing the most good. You can join with other listeners to accelerate Devon's mission by visiting helpdevon.org right now.